I'm giving him a big cheesy grin. Hello and welcome to the Blackthorn Grove. This is Amy Blackthorn. My beautiful, fabulous guest this month is the incredible Byron Ballard, who has written so many books that you, I just, so let's see, we started with, oh goodness, uh, Stobbs and Ditchwater. And yep. then there was Asphidity and Madstones. Yep. And then the Willendorf book, it's sitting right here. Embracing, um, embracing, embracing Willendorf. Willendorf. Thank you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then was, no, you had, you had a book in between the Tower 10 book and then this book in Willendorf, right? No, there was Willendorf and then Earthworks and then okay. this. But I also did, and I'm not sure where it falls in the sequence, um, the anthology of women's travel writing. Oh yes, My Wandering Uterus. uterus. My Wandering Uterus. Um, I think that might've been between Willendorf and Earthworks. I think that's I when only, that came out. Yeah, yeah, but I only have a piece in that. I wrote the intro, I think, and, and it was my idea. But, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's such a fabulous book the different voices of women talking about their their journeys their travels and what it brought to them it's a really incredible book please find it yourself is, and, and all of us involved in that were so busy with other projects that I don't think we gave that the bandwidth it needed for people to really jump into it because you don't we, we don't get to read a whole lot of travel writing from women no, Most we of the don't. travel writing and the and the TV travel shows and all that, it's almost always men. It is. And what because women, when we go out, we try and find our own voices and our own with our own two legs, we get lectures from usually men trying to tell us that you can't travel alone, you can't do anything on your own because bad things will happen, as though we haven't been explained to this our entire lives. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I love to travel by myself. Um, I had a we had a friend over who's in our pod last night for Burns Night, and we were talking about traveling, and she loves to travel by herself too. And I re recommended, she wanted to go to Yorkshire, and I recommended a town there that I love called Todmorden. And she said, and did it feel, was it okay? You felt like it was, and I was like, yeah, absolutely. I went out day, night, in between and I never felt like I was I was in any kind of danger but the other thing is all women certainly women my age and I imagine women your age are considerably younger than I am we all walk with one eye behind us looking over our shoulders we walk with our keys between our knuckles we we know the techniques now so we probably don't any of us feel safe much of anywhere but safe enough. But and, safe enough. Yeah, That's the thing. <laughs> adventure is important. Adventure is so important. When I can remember being probably 15 years old and getting that those forwarded chain letters that are with 300 carats, it's barely legible because it's been forwarded so many times and it's supposedly from a cop and it says, wear your hair in a ponytail because apparently up or down makes a difference when somebody's grabbing you by your hair and carry your keys between your fingers and do this and do that it's like do you have, have you ever hit anyone with keys between your fingers that's how you break your fingers like right, right. I, didn't, I need to find the first person who started telling women to carry their keys between their knuckles and punch them in the throat <laughs> <laughs> when my when my daughter was younger and i was you know telling her all this stuff you tell a daughter about how to be safe, but not to be scared, to be alert, but not to be afraid. And one of the things I taught her was to, to fight like a girl, to start screaming and saying, no, 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 and flapping with her left hand so that she get a, get a right hook ready. That's and right. And knee ready at the same time so that she could lower her hand, she could thrust up like this, and at the same time, bring her knee up and then smash down on the instep. And she was just like, is that how girls fight, Mom? And is it? Oh, yes, yeah. it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, who knew we'd have this conversation? <laughs> I did. <laughs> this is what I'm writing right now, so it's on my mind all the time. <laughs> I'm so excited about that new book. That is so, something we need so much. And I know you're like me that you get requests from people all the time. What do I do to to protect myself energetically, magically, whatever? And, and 
most of the time, to be honest, I can tell them that knowing that they won't do any of it. Yeah, because it feels nice to be told, oh, you can cast a circle of light and protection around yourself and that will make Mm -hmm. everything all better. And then they feel better enough that they don't need it. But when you yeah. need it, you need something to back up your your eggshell or your, your brick wall because yeah. no matter how fabulous a magician you are, no matter how fabulous a witch you are, no one is 100% infallible. It doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way. No, no. And the, and the physical and the tangible versus the magical energetic, that is an interaction. That's not two separate fields. Those things interact with each other. Huh, listen to us just talking about that book. Anyway. <laughs> let's yeah. talk about let's talk about your so we were talking about uh Blackthorn's protection magic, a witch's guide to self-defense, but we're going to talk about Byron's fabulous new book. <laughs> it's called Roots, Branches, and Spirits, the Folkways and Witchery of Appalachia. And I always have to stop myself, Amy. It's so funny. There, there was years ago when I worked in a bookstore for 15 years, there was a wonderful children's book on gardening called Roots, Shoots, Buckets, and Boots. And it was all these how you can introduce children to gardening and they will love the soil and they will grow things. And it, it's just, and it was bright and delightful. So I always have to stop and think with this book, Roots, Branches, not shoots, roots, branches, and spirits. Yes, that's it, roots, branches, and spirits. Because the thing, as you know, I had four books before this with um, two small independent presses. And those presses, I had a lot more control over, so I knew what the title of my book was. So the title of this book for the longest time was just the Llewellyn book. And I sent them a title, but they didn't like the title. So I just called it the Llewellyn book. And I still find myself calling it, oh, the Llewellyn book, you know, (laughs) roots, branches, not shoots, roots, branches, and spirits. (laughs) It's so fabulous. I had someone contact me uh, probably two years ago asking questions about uh, one of the other books that I had written. And they're like, oh, you know, this, this book. And it's like, I, I love, I love all my books. But I did not write the title for any of my books. My, my publisher, that's their job. They, they research and they yeah. do things and yeah. it's amazing. And they do magic behind the scenes that I don't have to deal with. I, I do the creative thing. I, I, write, I write words. I scream in my office by myself. And then it comes out and it looks beautiful and I get all the credit for it. <laughs> it's, it's interesting though, the whole writing process, because I, I really do process my life through words. Yes. And other people do it through images or music or whatever, but I can wake up in the morning and there will be um, like a, a waterfall of words that are coming in about the weather outside or the dreams I had or, or any of that. And it just kind of flows in so that when, when I see people who don't know, oh, they go, I don't know what to say though. I mean, like when somebody dies, I don't know what to put on a card. Well, I always know what to write. I always do. And whether it's perfect or not is immaterial. It just means that that's how I process the world. Yes. One or five words at a time. The justice magic class that I do came to me in a dream. I was, I was in and out of consciousness. I was sleeping and then I was sort of wakefulness. And I had this epiphany, just thunderbolt from the blue saying, you know, the, 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 the first sheet of a law case that lists the judge's name and the case number and the date it was filed and the place it was filed. And so you're, you're looking at the date, time, and place of birth for that lawsuit. You can absolutely empower or disempower that as you see fit, using all those details like you would tag locks for any other magical working. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're so smart. You're such a good witch. I am a, I'm an excellent witch. An excellent witch. that's the joke you and I've been having for a long time are you a good witch or a bad witch I'm an excellent witch that's right I I, I could probably work that into a tattoo some point in my lifetime probably if there's a space for it just saying (laughs) well by then who knows (laughs) 
Well, it's been it's been interesting with this book because this is my third folk magic book, Appalachian mm -hmm. folk magic book. And I wasn't sure I had much more to say about it, to be honest, when Llewellyn came to me. But the more I thought about it and the more the more I practice anything, and certainly it's very true for magical practice, the simpler it gets. There's, so there were things I was recommending in my first book, which was in 2012, that I have now simplified. And it's almost like um, reducing stock into a really rich sauce. Mm. So I, I illuminate some of that superfluous, what has turned out to be super, superfluous, easy for me to say, stuff and really get down to the nitty gritty of it. And the more I teach magic of any kind, the more I realize that if you just keep practicing it, I mean, really practicing and not just wearing black from head to toe and lots of bones and maybe some fur pieces and having lots of tattoos and whatever. But if you actually practice magic, practice witchcraft, you get better at it and it gets simpler. So my practice gets simpler and simpler all the time with the same or better results. I bet you're finding the same thing too, aren't you? Yes. No matter how much time I have, I find the practice gets easier and simpler and not necessarily smaller, but definitely more streamlined because mm -hmm. I don't need all of these materials. I mean, I guess the whole point is to get to the point where you don't need the, the extraneous materials, uh, but they are fun. <laughs> they, they are fun. And I, I walk that really tight middle ground of very good friends of mine. In fact, my soul sister owns a metaphysical store. So I'm never going to tell people don't buy the toys. But I'm also going to say, if you don't have anything to practice with, you still practice. Absolutely. And there's still much you can do. And if you're still in the broom closet, there's still a lot you can do. Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a joke I have. Well, it's not really a joke. It's the absolute truth. And as I, get, as I get older, I no longer couch things in joke terms. I just go, this is how this is. And one of the things I talk about is re-enchanting the everyday so that you don't return to the, mon the mundane world. I just despise that, especially if you are somebody who considers yourself a magic worker of whatever kind, that you don't ever go back to the mundane world, never. You are a magic worker walking how you walk, wherever you go. And I always say, this is the big secret about that. You do not have to wear a long black cloak and a pentacle the size of a dinner plate in order to prove your worth as a magic worker. You can just wear regular stretchy pants. You can just wear a nice comfortable sweater. You can wear a turtleneck if you want to cover up your neck a little, but you don't have to dress in a particular way in order to shock mundania with how you are. Dear God, we just had, we just had a revolution earlier this month. And we don't need no more shocking. Just get your work done. Get Absolutely. your work done. <laughs> There's so much that needs handling and making TikTok videos of incense smoke isn't doing it. No, and I know, I, I, I love the TikTok witches. Yes. Um, I do. And I'm one of the few people my age who is like, oh no, they should totally do that because there are, there are practitioners my age and younger who forget all the crazy crap we did. They just forget. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the time when you were 14 and you got together three of your best friends so you could summon demons? Yeah, <laughs> in the barn? Yeah. Oh, we did all that crap. It's just that we weren't doing a video of it and, and putting it online for thousands of people to see. Whatever <laughs> happened in the barn happened in the barn and it was all done. So... I think sometimes as we get older, we forget that we were ridiculous. And sometimes we forget that we're still ridiculous. 100% still ridiculous. <laughs> and it's odd, it's absolutely okay that we're ridiculous. I can still remember being probably 15 and two girlfriends and their boyfriends. And we all went to, we, you know, Delaware and Maryland, it's all right on there on the water. So we had the, the ocean and a little jetty of stone that went out into the sea. So we sat there and had our ritual and, and the wind came up and the waves came up and, oh, we're, we're magic. Like that's, that, we, the world needs more, more of that feeling. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The inherent magic in every single person. Yep. And in every single thing. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big crazy animist. Everything, as far as I'm concerned, has souls. Even my phone, even this piece of paper over here. Everything is in soul to me. And so that, that makes a big difference in how I approach not only beings, but the beings that we don't see. Absolutely. But, but it also makes me hold people to account. Because it's like, you got a soul in your body and you got some work to do. What the hell are you on about right now? I mean, what the hell is that thing you're doing? And I'm never going to say that to somebody who is young and inexperienced and trying stuff out. I'm going to say that to somebody who's 55 years old. And it's like, really? You ain't got nothing better to do? Really? You're just going to, you're going to start a pissing contest in social media because you didn't have enough people bowing at your feet? Come on now. Come on now. What's your, what's your intention? I'm always going to be asking a magic worker that. Tell me what your intention is. And half the time, these people don't have an intention. They just need some attention. Yes. Okay, I'm getting off my soapbox. <laughs> I adore you and your soapbox. <laughs> well, I told somebody years ago when I got in trouble for something I said in social media, I said, look, I, I keep whatever pedestal you people put me on, I keep it really low and I keep it greased up with Crisco. So that when I finally get pulled off, as inevitable, <laughs> then nobody gets hurt, and it's just, and we just end up like little greasy pigs. It's okay. Nobody gets hurt. That's the thing. Nobody, I don't get hurt. I'm gonna be doing my work. I've been doing my work for literally decades, and I'm gonna keep doing my work till I'm tired of doing my work, and then I'll go. I'm done. Now I'm just gonna grow the best tomatoes in the county. That's right. And you have the way to do it. Uh, maybe. Tomatoes are hard. Tomatoes We're, can be very, very picky. Yep. And we are not the best place for tomatoes because we tend to have a lot of water and then drought and then a lot of water and then drought and it gets cold in the spring and tomatoes don't like any of that. No, Plus no. bugs, they got all the bugs. And they need all the calcium. So much calcium. They do. So, as do I, a almost 65 year old woman. So I need the same thing as tomatoes. Lots of calcium and no Lots bugs. Of care. <laughs> Some water. <laughs> yeah, not too much water, but enough. <laughs> I don't want it too dry because of my skin. God. Who who knows what we're gonna talk about? <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about the new tell me about the the, the Llewellyn book. Tell me what well, we're gonna the, find in there. The, the most exciting thing about the Llewellyn book for to my way of thinking, because it's <laughs> it's a lot of I talk about the herbs that are native to the area and how they're used traditionally and folklorically. And I'm really careful always, even when I teach at an herb festival, which I often do, I, I'm careful to tell people that I am a folkloric herbalist. So I can tell you what mugwort has traditionally done, how it has been tr traditionally used, how many people are using it now. But if you want me to tell, tell you how much mugwort you should have for your height and body weight and your condition, you need to see a genuine herbalist, not a folkloric herbalist. So I do talk a, a lot about that and talk about some minerals. I'm not really, um, <laughs> this will not surprise you. I'm not really a crystal person. Yes. <laughs> I don't collect a whole lot of stones. I mean, I'm, I'm dedicated to the queen of heaven, to Inanna. So I have a lot of lapis around because that's her stone. But I'm not, I'm not that kind of a stone person. I like holy stones mm -hmm. with a natural occurring stone. I use a lot of gravel. It, ah. <laughs> got I my holy like, stone right here on my desk. Right there, right, waiting for you. It I actually looks like a little bird. I love that. Where'd you get it? On the beach in Corolla, North Carolina. Ooh, I love them so much. And I buy them. You know, they say, oh, you're not supposed to buy those, but but now people send them to me somebody who i i was talking about on social media i love holy stones sent me a box of rocks so holes in them it was fantastic lovely. yeah and my goddess daughter gave me a beautiful one she got at the beach a couple of years ago she said this really needs to come to you so i use those kind of rock and i talk about that in the book too and i talk about i talk about the history of the region obviously Appalachia is a place that is uh, often misunderstood. 
sometimes it's understood perfectly. And let me just be straight about that. Sometimes <laughs> we are just as obnoxious and ready to fight as you would think. But I think uh, we're misunderstood, generally speaking. And we've had the two years of the mess about hillbilly elegy to kind of work around. So I talk a lot about the history. I talk about the history of the folk magic and the influences on it. And that's something I've been studying for a long time. I call myself a spell catcher. Mm -hmm. So I'm tracking Appalachian folk magic back to some of its roots, which has been lovely. It means I get to do field research in Britain. I haven't been to Germany yet, but I will at some point. I've spent time among the Deitch people and they're, they're a big influence on our folk magic. And of course the, um, the Cherokee here. So I've been studying a lot of that. And some of that is in this book, some of that new research. Um, I've been fascinated by women's work songs that are also spells. And I'm learning more and more about that. That's a new area of uh, research for me. And one of them I talk about a lot in the book is called the come butter come. It's the churn spell mm. and it's rhythmic so that it's a work song that keeps you doing the churning. But in addition to that, it's a magical spell to make the cream solidify and become butter. And it's just, it's love. It's a wonderful example of that. And I was up studying with um, learning from some Deitch friends and I mentioned that and one of them said, oh yeah, no, you got that from us. And I went, like hell we did, <laughs> let me tell you, I have tracked that one back to 1634. And that's where that comes from. And she was like, <laughs> okay, all right. Because <laughs> some things it's hard to figure out, like we use a lot of, egg, all folk magic uses eggs of one kind or another. So it's hard to say, well, did that come from this branch over here? Did that come from here? Or did it just all happen simultaneously? Because eggs are such a beautiful symbol of life and possibility, and they are so readily available. Exactly. You have a couple chickens, you have more eggs than you know what to do with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that, but the part that I was really interested in adding in to the flavor of all this soup of Appalachia were some local traditional ghost stories. And I hadn't written ghost stories before. I tell them a lot, but I hadn't written any. So the end of the book is all ghost stories. Wonderful. And I, I think people, I know people are going to like that a lot because people love ghost stories. And now I want to write a horror book. That would be amazing. I think it would be fun, but I can't decide what's scary. Nothing scares me really anymore. I mean, the government scares me. <laughs> or what's happening around the government scares me. Uh, the lack of common sense among my fellow humans scares me. But as far as, you know, critters or monsters or whatever, I don't know. Mm -hmm. What scares you? Bloody Mary. Really? I was in the second grade and the mean girls locked me in the bathroom and turned all the lights out and started screaming Bloody Mary through the, through the, the door. Oh, Amy. Little second grade Amy was scared shitless. Do you remember their names? Just text me their names later. I'll take care of that. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was I was also trying to think of a new kind of monster. Cause I don't know about you, but I'm I'm bored of zombies and <laughs> vampires. We get it. Zombies are consumerism and Right, right. And I'm, and even werewolves. So I don't know. And I'm going to knock on wood that ghosts don't scare me. I've not been scared by ghosts maybe ever. I don't know, a long, long time. But I, I mean, I work with them a lot. I work with non-corporeal energy beings, as we refer to them. I'll tell you what scares me is what's on the other side of the, of the borderlands and in the realms. Yes. So those folks scare Ooh, me. I just got chills. I know. Well, and yeah, and I've been doing a lot more of that. I, as you know, because you and I've done that together, have done fairy con for many, many years. And I'm always the person who comes in at fairy con and goes, no, all this <laughs> thing, what you think is you think is fairies? Oh, that's crap. Let me tell you, they're scary. They're, they're horrible. 
ah! <laughs> don't wear no wings when you go over the borderlands and into the realms. They'll rip you apart. They'll eat your heart. Ugh. Yes, as you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I've been trying to make all of that sound more teachable because I think I, I think those beings have a lot to teach us and I think they have they have a lot of information but they they just don't like us very much and they're a and they lot more humble before we can yeah and they certainly don't trust us but you know I have double Scorpio so I don't trust us either <laughs> can I explain to you my my so I grew up in with, I've got four sisters. I grew up sharing a bedroom with my older sister, Holly. We are both Virgos. I have a Leo moon. Holly has a Scorpio moon. There was absolutely bloodshed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How did I not know you had a Leo moon? It's the only thing that lets me get out of the house long enough to do be an author. Everything else is Virgo and Libra. Yeah, it makes perfect sense though. If I had thought about it, which I guess I probably never have, because <laughs> I knew you were a Virgo, but the Leo moon makes so much sense. What's your ascendant? Virgo. Ooh. <laughs> I told explain, you. That must explain why your house looks so tidy behind you. And I have a, a Libra stellenium in the first house. Ooh. Mm -hmm. So people would be wise not to cross you really did we mention the next book is it's me teaching people how to uh take care of themselves mm -hmm. the thing i've learned about libra in my many many years of being alive is that they can be your best companion they can be your most trusted friend because you can generally speaking tell a libra anything and end it with please don't tell anyone and they really won't that's been my experience but don't ever cross a libra ever. don't ever hurt somebody that a libra loves and so they have those real scorpionic tendencies that nobody ever ever thinks of them as having but in my experience <laughs> you cross a libra and you're in trouble you're in big trouble and it may not be today it may not oh. be tomorrow no in fact it almost always will be when you least expect it absolutely revenge being a dish best served cold ice cold ice yeah. <laughs> so the i'm going to go back to my book so the yes. book is it the drop date is the 8th of february oh lovely that's right around the corner yeah yeah we're doing a virtual um a virtual launch a signing party thing from our local wonderful indie bookstore Malaprops and I'm encouraging people to special order the book through Malaprops because I'm going to go in the back room there and sign all of their <laughs> special orders so if you want to get a signed copy that's a good place to get it but I also am going to do and haven't I haven't solidified this yet but I want to do book plates mm -hmm. for people who are not going to see me at a festival or a conference or they're not going to order from my local bookstore or whatever so that i can just write on the book plate whatever you want and then i can mail it to you in a nice envelope and you can stick that in the front of your book and it's just like we got to hang out yeah i love so that that's that's what i'm working on now actually it's what my daughter's working on she works for a printing company she's working on that even better, delegation is, is the key to success. <laughs> <laughs> is it? I'm not very good at that. Are you? Are you? You a good delegator? No. I can't imagine you doing that ever. Really. No, I can. I talk a good game, but I am very meticulous, shall we say, about how things are done. And I, I'm the. I know how I want it done, so I can't fault someone else for doing it wrong if I can't explain to them how I'd like it done. So I'll just do it myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I'm I'm funny. There are things that are super important to me that probably look trivial to other people. Mm -hmm. So they kind of blow it off, and I'm like, no, no, this thing right here, this thing right here. So yeah, I'm not very good at delegating, and I don't know. I've tried to be better at it, but I, it it's just not a skill I'm comfortable with. 
And part of it is that Scorpio stuff, they're not trusting anybody. Right. And the experience of having trusted people who didn't do what they said they would do. Absolutely. That's why I'm, I love doing the podcast, but I love being responsible for it. I don't have anybody else to blame. If I don't like the way something comes out, it's all on me. Yeah. Yeah. And you are probably harder on yourself than anybody else. Oh yeah. So that if it, if it comes out and you had an off day, I mean, I've heard it. I've not, I've not heard anything that sounds off to me, <laughs> but I know you and I know there's stuff that you are like, Oh, why did I say it like that? Or, Oh, I never should have gone down that rabbit hole. Well, I don't know. You maybe not. I go down the rabbit holes. That's my <laughs> Golly. I was doing a, an interview for a podcast. I don't know, last week, I guess. And it, with Molly and oh, we were talking I love about her. Sit on the edge of the cliff and we jumped down the rabbit hole together and we were <laughs> off I, I don't even know what we were talking about so I'm crazy thanks for that introduction by the way but of course witchcraft off the beaten path is fantastic I've known Molly for oh, since 2007 my first wow. trip to Texas my only trip to Texas my wow. my loved ones love to tease me that I I could be dropped off on the moon and run into somebody that I know and so my very first trip to Texas, I've, I've never even been near Texas. We get off the plane, a friend picks us up in his Jeep. We drive an hour into the middle of nowhere. We pull up at the registration tent for the, the camping event. I jump down out of the Jeep and I hear, Amy! <laughs> somebody I knew from Baltimore, right in the middle yeah. of Texas. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I thought that was just me. That's the way my dad was. He he never knew a stranger. And no matter where we went, some somebody would have to stop and talk to him. And I'm exactly the same way. <laughs> so that I'll be going in for, well, not now during the <laughs> but I would be meeting somebody in the cafe at our at a at, at a local shop. And I would get stopped outside by one or two or sometimes three people that I knew. So that I would have to take out my phone and text the person who was waiting for me 50 yards away to say, no, I'm here. I'm on my way in. No, really, really, just give me some coffee, would you? Because I'm, I'm on my way, really. And it's rude. I don't like to do that. If I tell somebody I'm going to be somewhere at a particular time, I want to be there. But So I hear you. But Texas, you've never been to Texas since then? No, no, I, I mean to go back and I, it's it's been on the list. I had a friend who moved to Austin and I said, oh, I've always wanted to go to Austin. I should I should come and visit. She's already moved away again. It's been that long. <laughs> Still haven't been. It's on the list. Well, I did my graduate work in Dallas. So I have been I was in Texas for a couple of years and then went back to visit, to see friends and visit. But I've not been back since the 80s sometime. And I, I keep thinking I should go back, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm always Texas. excited to go places I haven't been, you know? Me too. Yeah. I do want to go to the Southwest. I've never been to places like Tucson and Albuquerque and Sedona. I'd kind of like to do those. I was just talking to someone yesterday about Scottsdale. Oh, it really? was Judica. We were talking, I was talking to Judica about Scottsdale. I, I so I flew into Phoenix and Scottsdale is just a hop, skip and a jump over. And there is this beautiful little mod hotel in there called Hotel Valley Ho, where they used to send us for work every so often. My When I worked for Lush, I was a culture shop training liaison. So they sent me to fabulous destinations to hang out with other uh, people and learn cool stuff to bring back to the shops in my area. And so but they were economical about it. <laughs> so in February, I'd find myself in Canada or I'd find myself in the desert on the longest day of the summer. <laughs> so they sent me to the desert in June. Oh my gosh. It was gorgeous, absolutely stunning. Like you'd wake up and it's 60 degrees outside and you could lay out in, in your little yard. We had, we had yoga at dawn, gorgeous. But after nine o'clock, you don't, you can't go outside unless you're jumping in the pool because it was 127 degrees. No, no. Oh my goodness. No. Yeah, that's, that's too much. But that is too many numbers. Too many numbers. <laughs> weather, weather should only be two numbers. Correct. Two, only two. 
If it gets to be three or if there's a big minus in front, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to be inside, snuggled up with some puppy dogs and blanket. Yes, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, so I, I had a cousin who lived in, as we used to tease her all the time, she was an, an elder cousin. We would say, well, how is Albuquerque? Just to make her mad enough to say, it's pronounced Albuquerque, Albuquerque. But we always called it Albuquerque just to make her nuts. But I'd love to see Albuquerque. And I've got a friend right now who's in Tucson. I'd kind of like to see Tucson too. I'd like to spend some time in the desert, not with- Not in June. <laughs> no, but I love the light. The but light is, is incredible. And it's it funny because- really Scottsdale is right on the edge of the mountains so you can see them they're probably a hundred miles away but you can see them and it's just this stark stunning incredible beauty that belies description and it's it's just incredible the things that you can see and experience um mm. I went uh so Scottsdale used to be the getaway for the fabulous Hollywood elite, they would, they would get in their cute little convertibles and they drive out to the desert and they'd go find a cute little boutique hotel to stay in and they could get away from the paparazzi and the glitz and just be themselves. As a matter of fact, uh, Hotel Valley Ho still has the original honeymoon suite, this big, gorgeous, shallow, round tub. Uh, and the, it was Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood had their honeymoon there. Oh, how cool. So uh, the, the very fabulous bellhop who was absolutely in love with us said, oh, I can, I can teach that. So he snuck us into the, the honeymoon suite because no one was in there at the moment. So we got to like see the pig, see the, the beautiful mm. patio that just surrounded the whole the big, there's a beautiful, beautiful blue light over this gorgeous white round tub. Oh, it's just gorgeous yummy i would go back there in a heartbeat well maybe you and i need to organize a big old book tour where we just i don't know spend six months driving around the country i love it Wouldn't that be fun i think that could be a lot of fun maybe not in covid times of course no. yeah um I, i'm trying to organize an east coast tour starting uh probably mid-august but all of that is predicated on what happens Absolutely. with the vaccine? What happens? I mean, I, I, we're hearing now, because I'm in Asheville and we're a big tourist town, they're, they're really pushing against the restrictions. Like, oh, but we can have a few more people in the restaurant, can't we? Oh, but surely a few more people in the brewery and all that. And, and they keep saying, oh, the numbers, the numbers are getting better. Well, I monitor the numbers on the state and local level and the numbers are not getting better. So I don't know where they're getting their numbers. I'm getting them from the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services. Sounds the numbers like are getting, getting them from the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's something I'd love. I'd love to get up towards where you are. I'd love to see you. Um, I'd love to do a book signing and a class at Jesse's place, Finding yes. Avalon, and see and that guy. There is a there's a, a fabulous little shop that has opened since you were last here called Find Your Harmony, uh, run by a lovely woman named Terry who is a doll and a half. I, I love her whole face. Um, she <laughs> is by the time you're ready to travel, she's already talking about she's been open for a year and a, two months or something, and she's mm. already moved twice. She's already expanded her her footprint twice. Wonderful. Rumor has it she's looking to expand again. So perhaps once the uh, pandemic is handled properly by competent scientists or minded oh. adults, uh, oh. we can introduce you as well. Oh, I would love that. And uh, there was a there was a photo on I think it was Twitter a couple of days ago from the Buckland Museum, and they were holding <laughs> up my book, going, "Guess what we just got." <laughs> and I said, I'm on, my, I'm on my way to sign it because I was going to be doing a class with them last March or April, something like that. And the, by then everything was canceled. Mm -hmm. And, and so with very, far, go ahead. Very little notice, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and so far, festivals, everything that 
that I would have done, I think everything at this point is canceled through the middle of June. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of anything going on? June? I know that um, that our, our friends in Nashville are, to, are hoping to try and do a hybrid on, in, online and in person, but that would of course mean that more people are getting vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that pagan unity? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, and that's the end of May, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. So they're thinking of doing some of it live? Yep. Excellent. Yeah, there's still a couple in that first six month period that I haven't heard about or from yet, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not hopeful. I've got a couple of things already booked in August, so that'll be nice. But I think all of that, everything is predicated on what happens in the next six, six weeks. Yes. I'm thrilled I saw that Biden was ordering a, enough vaccines to have the entire country vaccinated by August, which would be lovely. It if you can keep up with demand. Are, are there grown-ups in charge of this now? Grown-ups? <laughs> after, uh, after the inauguration, my daughter, who is about to hit her first Saturn return, so she's mm. not a baby anymore. She said, Mom, I just feel like for the past four years, it's been that thing where I invited some people over when you weren't home. We were just gonna have a little party and then everything went to hell and they were like breaking up the furniture and stuff and then you got back. And that's what <laughs> I feel like. I feel like the grown-ups got home and now it's I'm gonna be in trouble and it's gonna be a mess, but the grown-ups are back. And that just was such a good analogy to me. It's like, oh, good, fantastic. Good I couldn't believe, I didn't think it would affect me as much as it did. Uh, I, I looked at the clock at 12.02 and I said, oh, he's out. And I just felt like I put down this enormous weight that I didn't even know I was carrying. Yeah, I think a lot of us were like that, that we had just been soldiering on. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is, we live in a democratic republic and sometimes the choices are not the choices we would make and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but yeah, after after that first Wednesday in January, it, it was kind of uh, no holds barred. Mm -hmm. And it, the amount of things that have been done in, the, in a week <laughs> is incredible. I had a, a fantasy of, here's my Biden fantasy, don't get too excited. <laughs> he had this stack of things he had to sign and he would just keep signing and signing and then he'd hold his hand up and a massage therapist would come into his shoulders and do his his arms all the way down and then do his hand and it would be like running a marathon somebody would squirt water Gatorade in his mouth and he'd be like okay I'm ready to go back and start <laughs> signing again and that's kind of what's happened he just I think every morning he sits down to a stack of executive orders or that, and there are things other than executive orders, but sits down to those and just starts signing. Absolutely. And I don't think he'll stop for quite some time. Well, he's he's got maybe 100 days. I mean, it will just frankly depend on how much the country can solidify and, and reach for their inner common sense. I, you don't look hopeful about that. <laughs> I'm always worried especially after the last four years of how much people can come together and get some work done there's always going to be a you know a politician or a handful of politicians who are purely out for their own gain and would rather yeah. throw their constituency to the wolves than be wrong and and as long as they can make some money out of it it's, it's all good but it and it's not just politics it leaks over i mean we deal with that in the pagan community all the time the the weird kind of pissing contests about territory and and uh well who gets I guess to be right on, this week yeah there was something on twitter recently about not using the celtic cross layout for tarot and that and that turned into some big kind of flame war it was like who cares if it works for you use it and if it doesn't work for you do something no. else mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't see why I don't, I don't understand the posturing. And I have a, I have a master's degree in theater. I understand drama, but I don't understand the posturing. It's like, I got it. I got my big old tail feathers out now. And, 
and I'm just going to tell you how it is. It's like, well, maybe that works for you. Maybe that works for most people, but it's not going to work for, none of it works for everybody. It's like, there is no such thing as an easy fix. No. And it's like when we talk about health related stuff, I mean, how long have you and I been messing with our diets to make sure we're eating the stuff that gives us optimal health without crashing the stuff that we can't have crashed? Exactly. It's just, it's a constant working and magic. Everything we do is a constant evaluation of whether what you're doing works and whether it works enough to keep doing it that way or if you want to try something else. So I just don't get it. I don't get it. I talked about that in Botanical Brews in, in the section talking about the different, how magic works and why magic works. I really wanted to delve into that. So I actually compared the scientific method to witchcraft because we are constantly evaluating, making hypothesis, testing it, sharing our results with our peers and, mm -hmm. and getting feedback. Like that's yeah. how that's how you get things done. But sitting on Twitter and hollering at people just because they don't agree with you isn't getting any work done. No. Ain't you people got no God storeship? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you about all of that. And I teach a class now called Simple Practical Magic. And I did that as a beginner's class because so many people don't, they don't have any training in magic. They read all these books, but magic, magic is such a, it's really hands-on. It is really experiential. Yes. And so they don't have a lot of training. And I started encouraging people who practice magic actively, who've been doing it a long time, to come into this class and just review the stuff that we've forgotten that we did 30 years ago, but then we moved away from it. And oh yeah, that thing, that getting to alpha that way, oh, that really works. I like that. I, I just, like you, I, wanted, I always want to encourage people in a scientific approach to something. And it, when they're learning magic, especially, is to start with something that you need. Don't start with some big flashy, I'm gonna summon a demon and then that <laughs> demon is gonna, it's, what, do you need to park? Do you have to go downtown a lot and you need to park? Perfect a parking spell and try different ones till you find the one that works for you. And then do it over and over and over and make sure it really does work. I mean, no, it's just the scientific method as much as we can do that. And then peer reviewed, like you said. One of the best things I have heard other people reflect that you've said is that it's called practicing witchcraft. You know, when people get all <laughs> up their, their panties in a bunch saying, oh, how dare you use magic for finding a parking space spell? Really? Like what else? What are, you're going to save it for this this high and lofty goal that, that's 50 years down the road. And by, by the time it comes it, to bite you in the ass, <laughs> you're not going to have it because you didn't practice. Well, that's how you get to Carnegie Hall. Practice makes perfect. perfect. I mean, we've been, that's been drummed into us for years that you have to practice something to be good at it. And again and again, people will like you said, they will go, well, but I mean, that just seems like such a trivial use for magic. Well, if you don't use magic all the time, you won't be good at it when you really need to do something big. And if you're no good at it, what's the point? So exactly. you keep treating yourself in the ways that you work this energy that we call magic. And then you become adept at it. And no, it won't work 100% of the time. And I always tell people, if somebody tells you that their magic always works, they either don't do a lot of magic or they're liars. Because sometimes it's not your job to do. And so you do the work, and I call it the one, two, three brick wall. Um, <laughs> step it up for three times, but on the third time, if the answer is, what the hell do you think you're doing? Then I go, you know what? This, this is not my work to do. Whoever, if it's a person, that person has lessons they need to learn or for all of us we need to understand that fire is an important thing that cleans out forests so trying to stop a forest fire is is just flying in the face of nature that is one of the most important things i think i've ever heard you say was you telling that story and and knowing explaining how sometimes it's just not your work to do because yeah. when we are 
faced with such strong emotions. And we feel like this is what magic is for, but we still get nothing. That is just as important a lesson as how to do the right jar container spell. Yeah, exactly. And and the and the important thing that we take away from that is how we react. What happens to our ego when this thing that we have carefully calculated, where is Mercury now? What's the moon doing? I've carefully calculated this spell and it doesn't work. So rather than turning that back on yourself and going, well, you are just simply an inadequate magic worker, then you learn from that. Well, let's look at all the component parts of what I was attempting to do. And sooner or later, if you are evaluating, you're going to hit the piece of there are certain trees who are who their seeds only, only are ready to germinate after fire. Jack Pine so, comes to mind. Yeah. And so if if all we do is keep there from being fires in the southern hardwoods, then there's there there are trees we never see again. So it's a big picture. But also it's good for our egos. You know, we get we can get pretty mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did that. Yeah, I did that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I, I'm just I'm just not willing anymore to point at a particular event and claim full 100% responsibility. I might say all of us together did a thing and this is one of the results of that thing, but that whole, yeah, no, I'm all that. And I'm a big old jar of homemade applesauce too. I'm just, I'm not into it. And that's wonderful. <laughs> you keep me humble. Was it the homemade applesauce that really got you on that one? Yes. Yes, yeah. it was. <laughs> I do love some of that. <laughs> oh, it's so good to talk to you. I had so much fun. Are, I'm sorry? How long can we go? We can be long. we can be done or we can we can chat about something else. Well, what do you want to talk about? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Do you have any projects that are coming up down the pike that we can get a little sneaky tidbit on? Oh, let me, I'll say a few words about the book that's coming out in August. That would be lovely. Because I've been the crazy woman who is in the course of the pandemic writing and editing two different books for two different publishers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in August, as you know already, I've got a book coming out from Wiser. And it, it really is the book of my heart. It's a book I've been wanting to write for so long. And it's, it's a, a, a new take on the wheel of the year. And it's from an animist point of view. Wonderful. And it is about deepening your, your earth-based spirituality through actually focusing on the <laughs> earth and the agricultural year. I don't mean to say that with such a like, yeah, would you just consider that for five minutes? So, and, and in it, I, I take some more holy days and tuck them into the wheel of the year. Folkloric holidays, uh, mostly from Europe that have been celebrated for a long, long time. And the book is called, and I'm gonna pause because again, like the other book, I didn't do the title. It's called Seasons of a Magical Life. Ooh. And it takes it uh, every six weeks, a new holy day. And we look at the holy day and see what it means. There are craft activities. There are gardening activities. It's just, it's really, it's thick and rich and yummy. Um, I look at time and I reinvent what a day looks like. Um, I look at uh, mutual aid. And, and in a way, this is the second part of the Earthworks book. So it's assuming that as these towers are falling and we are doing the necessary circles on the ground, that we will by necessity and out of love, we will learn how the earth itself works. Yes. And we will respect that and step into it, lean into it. And that one's coming out in August. I'm really excited about it. I just finished the, the big edit on that. <sighs> so um, yeah, I'm really, really excited about it. One of my favorite things about that book is that it includes children in your practice. There, 
there are so many, I, I have no room to speak for experience. I, I don't include children in my works because I don't have any. I don't know, I don't know children. <laughs> uh, I love that they're being included in your work because they get left out so, so often. Festivals are adult only and the, you know, rituals, covens, leaving children out. And it's hard on parents with children to feel that they're included and appreciated and accepted as a part of your craft because you made them <laughs> right and and there's some people who go no no I don't want to do that because I want them to be able to choose for themselves but if children don't have some kind of spiritual background even if it's the kind of spiritual background that they're going to rebel against if they don't have some kind of entree into the world of what is spiritual then it, it's harder to get that when your body becomes so physical when you have this driving, you know, here comes puberty and all I want to do is make new human beings. Drive happens. That's not the best time to be thinking about spirituality. No, you can't. A, you can't shelter them from it forever. And B, yeah. that's the worst time to give it to them because they, they've already got a lot on their plate. Once puberty hits, they've got a lot on their plate. Yeah, they got puberty and then algebra. Ugh. Yeah, no, thank you. It's just too much. And I also want to say, because you you were too modest to say this, is that you wrote the foreword for the book that's coming out in August. I did. I, it was one of the purest joys of this of this pandemic was getting to curl up with your book early and write that foreword. So I, I love and appreciate the opportunity. And I, I just loved it when Judica said, hey, how about this? And I went, oh, yeah. Because the other thing that your listeners don't know is that it's about the year on a forest farm and you stayed in the farmhouse. When I you did. So that you, was... you were on the land. <laughs> we got to, we got to visit. Absolutely. I, I swear I heard that bear one night. <laughs> Bears, <laughs> groundhogs, deer. We got them all. Turkeys. Oh, tur I love turkeys. They're jerks, but we, we bond. <laughs> they are jerks um a friend of mine years ago she had turkeys that would come visit her and the the tom turkey was apparently in love with her oh so he would come out on the porch and he would move all the hens out of the way and then he would get in front of her and he would present and do a big <gasps> feather dance and all of that and she was just like I, i've never had a turkey be in love with me this is really yeah no if he was if it was taller, I might do him. You know. <laughs> that is the sweetest thing I have ever heard. Falling in love. We should all be so lucky. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I thank you so much for joining mm -hmm. me this evening. Where can people find you? How can they get a hold of you? They can find me on Facebook. Heaven <laughs> knows. Byron Ballard, I'm also Village Witch A-Wandering, and I've done a page for this new book. So if you wanted to go to Roots, Branches, and Spirits, you can follow there, and it'll be lots of announcements about things that are going on for the book. I'm also on Twitter. I'm on, uh, I'm on Instagram, sort of, but I haven't figured out how Instagram works exactly. Twitter is the place that I go where I can use bad words and I can be really angry about things that I don't, you know, I don't do that on Facebook because I'm like the nice person. Right. So on Twitter, I can use bad words and <laughs> uh, be angry. Um, but Instagram, it's like, oh, I'll put up a picture and go, hi, everybody. Is that a nice picture? Did you like that? I made yep. biscuits. What do you think? So I haven't figured Instagram out. They can go to my website, which is myvillagewitch.com. And email me at info at myvillagewitch.com. And that's enough. Those, that is that's definitely, that is, find me. they'll find you. They'll find me, if, if, especially if they want to complain about something. Oh, yes. <laughs> if I've, gives, if I've, gives people a little fire. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, and I'm going to go ahead once this, since this book is coming out, I'm going to go ahead and grease that pedestal good one more time so that I can ha be pulled off of that and have people explain to me about my practice who don't know anything about it. So- Always my favorite part. 
It is. I, I love it when people, uh, they insist that what I practice is uh, Appalachian granny magic. And I go, nope, that's not what it's called. And they go, no, no, it is. It's what it's called. And it's like, where are you from? I'm from Montana. Are you people from, Appal you people from Appalachia? No, no, no. Well, then shut up because you don't know dick about dick about it. So leave it alone. So I, I expect to get some of those where people know more about it than I do. I had a, a woman years back who explained to me I couldn't practice what I was practicing without being a Christian. And I said, well, lady, you should have told me that 50 years ago. So I would know not to be doing what I do. And she was like, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> All right then. So I just t try to take it with good grace and a shot Irish whiskey when necessary. That's right, that's how you do it. I love you, Amy, and more than loving you, I, I really have such respect for you, and I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for the work you do in the world, and grateful that you're in the same world I'm in most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Depends yeah. on how much mugwort I've had that day. <laughs> oh my gosh, right? Yes. <laughs> Too much. I love you. I love you too. I Thanks, can't you. wait to have you back. Talk about your next book. Yep. Maybe you sometime bet. this summer. Yep. Anytime you want me or need me, you call me and I'll do my level best to be with you. I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Amy Blackthorne and this is Blackthorne Grove.